Welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we have an interview with Greg Smedley-Warren. The rock star of kindergarten. Greg has been teaching for 10 years. He received his bachelor's degree from Indiana University and his ELL certification from David Lipscomb University. At the beginning of his career, he spent two summers teaching in Ecuador, which helped fan the flames of his passion for teaching. In 2015, he was selected as Teacher of the Year by his peers. He also has a show on the iTeach TV network. He enjoys blogging, creating curriculum and resources for his classroom, and conducting professional development sessions to help teachers around the world make their classrooms a more fun, effective, and interactive place to teach. When he's not in the classroom blogging and doing all things he teach, he enjoys spending time with his family. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his husband and their dogs, Butters and Lulu. You can find Greg at his blog, which is kindergartensmorgasbord.com. You can also find him at Instagram and on Facebook, and he is Kindersmorgie on Twitter. One thing I like about Mr. Greg is his positivity, and I like how he is really encouraging teachers to... To support each other? To, I really like how he's encouraging teachers to support each other and be positive. And there, there is a saying about teaching that teaching is the only profession where we circle the wagons and shoot within. <laughs> and a lot of times in my career, I've really experienced that. <laughs> and I think that Greg is a champion for maybe we start circling the wagons and sing folk songs by the campfire. <laughs> throw around glitter. So thank you, Greg. <laughs> and spread glitter all over. So thank you for your positive force to education. Greg joined me over Google Hangouts, and the first thing that we got to talk about was flexible seating, because he is a pro. I'm very passionate about flexible seating. Yeah? Yeah. Could you talk about why you did it in the first place, where you got the idea, and how it worked out? Yeah, so it, it, it really came about out of necessity. I was in a very, very small classroom that was oddly shaped, and it really kind of looked like a W. Like it had these weird angles in the back, and so it was really small. And there just wasn't room for, you know, myself and the kids and tables. And so I figured I, you know, I had to make a decision. I can keep the tables and get rid of the kids or get rid of the tables and keep the kids. And I really didn't think they would let me keep the tables and get rid of the kids. <laughs> and so I had seen um, a website from my friend Erin Klein, and she had done some flexible seating in her classroom um, in older grades. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I thought, why not? Why couldn't something like that work in kindergarten? Mm-hmm. So Aaron had done more of like um, the couches and the chairs and the bean bags. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go a little bit of a different route. So I went to my principal and asked if I could go no tables, no desks, mm-hmm. which is um, very Montessori. Uh-huh. If you're familiar with Montessori schools, that's how they do Um, their classrooms and so my principal was totally on board and so I just took the leap I got rid of all of the tables and desks and that was four years ago three years ago Mm -hmm. and so I've been doing this for three years now and I will never go back yeah you've loved it it a total game changer in my classroom yeah what have you found is has been the best thing that has come from it the best thing that has come from it is that the kids are more engaged Mm-hmm. And they have more of a sense of ownership in their space and their learning mm-hmm. because they have control. Mm-hmm. I've, so it's a mind shift. It's a, it's a mind shift for, for us as teachers 
because we have to give up control. Mm-hmm. And so I'm giving the control to them and they've got freedom and that and the choice. And so that empowers them and gives them buy-in. Mm-hmm. And that power and that buy-in just makes them more engaged and less behavior problems. Okay. Have you run into any issues along the way that you would share with anybody trying it out? Um, nothing major, like nothing like, oh gosh, you know, this, this isn't going to work. Um, this year I moved to a new school. So now I'm in this big, beautiful classroom. Mm -hmm. And so what I did on the first day of school, as I've done for the past two years is I already had the, I use bath mats. Mm -hmm. So the kids get a bath mat when they work on the floor. And so on the first day of school, when the kids are coming in, I already have the bath mats laid out. And so I just say, Hey, you know, in our classroom, we're always going to be working on the floor. So instead of finding a seat, you get to go find a place on the floor and pick a carpet and you can start working on the carpet. Mm-hmm. So this, so because the classroom I'm in is so big, I may put all of the mats um, close in. Close in. Mm-hmm. And so we we're all kind of in a small area because it was the first day and I, I didn't, I wasn't used to this big classroom. And so what I inadvertently started was training the kids that we all had to work in that same area. Uh-huh. So we struggled this year spreading out and so they all kind of want to work in that general area because that's where we started on that first day mm-hmm. and so that's something that next year I'm going to be very much more aware of and and get them to spread out starting on day one okay but otherwise like no major issues at all okay could you kind of describe what it looks like for somebody who hasn't seen it or hasn't tried it sure um so if you were to walk into my classroom what you're going to see is first of all there's going to be no tables and no desks mm-hmm. And so um, there's one table. I did. I do keep one table, so it's an option if somebody wants it or if somebody needs it. And then, of course, I have my my small group table. So when you walk in, the first thing you're going to notice is that there are no there's no tables, no desks, no chairs. So um, and then what you're going to see is you're going to see kids all over the room, mm-hmm. and they you may see kids on bath mats. You might see kids. We have a big comfy chair, so you might see three or four kids sitting in the comfy chair. Uh, we have a plastic swimming pool full of pillows so you might see kids in the swimming pool you're going to see kids sitting down you're going to see kids laying on their stomachs you're going to see kids standing up and working and so when you walk into my classroom what you see is just kids everywhere working talking and that's something i'm big on i want them talking and having conversations while they're working and they're up and they're moving and when they're not up and moving they're they're wherever they want to be and so when you walk into my classroom, there are kids everywhere doing what they need to be doing, but they've got control over how they're doing it. Okay. And how do you run your, if, if you have any whole group instruction? Because I think a lot of people feel like if they've tried flexible seating, that's where it falls apart for them. So we have a circle carpet mm-hmm. in the middle of our classroom. Um, and I put that in the middle of the classroom because everything that we do in our classroom, we have to put the kids at the center. Mm-hmm. So in my classroom, literally, we're, the kids are in the center of the classroom. So when we come together for a whole group, we start our day, whole group with morning meeting. We've got a whole group literacy time. We do a whole group math time. It's all done on that circle carpet. Okay. So anytime we're doing a whole group, we're, we're together on the circle carpet. Okay. When they're doing anything independently, whether that's independent work or um, doing centers and workstations, that's when they're off doing the their flexible seating they're on their bath mats but whole group is all done on the circle carpet okay have you ever tried any of the i've seen a lot of people are buying wobble stools or have you tried any of those alternate seatings 
Yes, I um, I used the wobble stools um, the the year before I switched to no tables, no desks, uh-huh. and they worked great. I had I had two guys who needed them, mm-hmm. and so I got a couple, and they were great. The kids loved them; they worked well, and they're actually they're still in my classroom now. Mm-hmm. And so that's another option. So if the kid if somebody wants to sit on a wobble stool, they can go sit on the wobble stool. But it's funny because what my kids do, what they did this year with the wobble stools was they used them for a desk, <laughs> and so they would sit in the big red comfy chair and uh-huh. then I would see them using the wobble stool for a desk. Uh-huh. That's funny. But I have used the wobble stools and those are great for flexible seating. Okay. And do you have any issues with storing everything? How do you keep everything organized? So I have for supplies, we do community supplies. Uh-huh. And the, the benefit of that is that it really teaches my kids to share uh-huh. and to take care of our things. Mm-hmm. And so my kids know from day one, I, te- I tell them that it's not my classroom and nothing in that classroom belongs to me. That is their classroom. It's our classroom and everything in that classroom is ours. And okay. so we have to share it and we have to take care of it. And so we do community supplies. So I have some, luckily I had built in shelves in this new classroom, but in my old classroom, I just, I had some black shelves from Target and all of our supplies, pencils, pens, markers, glue sponges, scissors, manipulatives, anything that we would need is on the shelves. And so when we needed something, we just go get it. So if they needed scissors, they would just go grab scissors out of the scissor box. And so everything is there whenever they need it. Um, and then I have baskets for their, their writing journals, baskets for their morning work journal, baskets for their word study journal. So those are all in the same area. Mm-hmm. So that's how I keep it all organized. And I know that's a big question people have, like, what about their folders and what about their supplies? Mm-hmm. Community supplies is the way to go. Yeah. Do you, uh, and you keep your bath mats in, in a bin, is that right? Yeah, they're, um, we, they're rolled up, so we keep mm-hmm. them rolled up and they go in a laundry basket. Okay. And so that's something starting on day one, that's a, a procedure and an expectation that I teach the kids and I model and we practice how to safely roll up our carpets and unroll them so that we're not flinging them and hitting each other in the head. Okay. Do they have to have the that same would never one? Happen. <laughs> never. No, of course not. No. Not a in kindergarten. Boy would ever want to pick it up and <laughs> Do do you ever do they have the same bath mat every time or do they get a different one? They get whatever they choose. Okay. And our rule is that you grab what's on top and go. So okay. it's grab and go. So, so that, we don't get to dig through and pick our favorite color. So whatever's on top, you grab and you go. And it's the same with our clipboards because they're working on the floor. And mm-hmm. so they, they have clipboards that they use. Um, and so I've, I spray painted all of my clipboards. And so they, they can't dig for their favorite, their favorite color. They just have to grab what's on top. Okay. But this year we ran into something, speaking of, of problems, and this was a, a new one. I had a little guy who was obsessed with the color blue. Uh-huh. And so I learned... I. I'd never, I didn't catch it. The other kids told me he was taking the blue clipboards and hiding them. And so he, he, that way he made sure he always got a blue clipboard. And so that was something that I had to deal with. Um, so you never know. Yeah. You don't know what's going to pop up and yeah. you have to deal with. Right. Um, do you, uh, did it help when you were in the smaller classroom to, to start doing it this way? Cause I know a lot of people have that space issue. You know, I think whether or not I had been in a small classroom or a big classroom, I still would have done it and I would have made the leap. Um, it, I think it forced, it forced me it forced to, to make a decision. And so I always tell people, like, if you're thinking about it, if you're considering it, take the leap. Mm-hmm. You won't regret it. 
And I always tell people, you, you don't, going no tables, no desks is very outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to make that big of a leap. Get rid of a couple of desks. Or if, you do, if you're not ready to even get rid of desks and you're, you want to tiptoe into giving the kids more of a choice, get rid of your assigned seats. And so the kids can always pick where they sit at their tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I tell people, you can go to Walmart and buy the, the bed risers um, for like $10 and you can put one of your tables on those and you have a standing table. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are easy, very easy, simple ways to kind of tiptoe into flexible seating okay. if you don't want to go full on flexible seating or full on no tables, no desks. So you can kind of adapt it to what you're comfortable oh, yeah. with. It's, you can make it whatever you want to make it. I chose to make mine no tables, no desks, mm-hmm. and I'm very glad I did. And I honestly, I wish everybody would do that. But I also know that that's not for everybody, and not everybody has an administration who would support that. Mm-hmm. But so you can make flexible seating work for you in your classroom and for your kids. Okay. What do you think your kids like the best about it? I think they like that they get to be where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that they like having that choice. Um, and I, it's, I think it's more natural for, for kids. I mean, I, it's not natural to sit in a chair at a table for six, seven, eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, as adults, when we have to do it, we're miserable. We, we hate it. And so forcing our kids to do that is, is unnatural. And so I think they like that they can, they can lay down and do their work. They can stand up and do their work. They can sit and do their work. So I think they like having choice. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's more natural and more comfortable for them. Okay. It sounds really interesting to to try. Do you have? Go ahead. No, I. What were you gonna say? It 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 really is. It's it's been fascinating to watch over these past few years, and and to see the impact that it's had on my classroom. Yeah. And I think, in a in a weird way, I think it it brings my me and my kids closer because I'm on the floor with them a lot, and so I think mm-hmm. it takes away some of those barriers like a table or a desk, and so it, it I think it just it's brought us closer. Um, mm-hmm. And I love getting down on the floor and, and working with them and helping them. And I'd rather be in the floor than sitting at a table or a desk. So it's it's been fascinating and I, I've loved every second of it. Oh, good. Has it changed? Have you adapted your teaching at all since you did it? Have you noticed a change in you other than? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, I think I'm think i much more of a, a um, I don't know how to really say this, but like a close-in teacher now. And so I think I'm more like right there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when they're sitting at tables and desks, that's hard sometimes. Um, and we do a lot of dancing and singing anyway. And so um, it's it's having all of that space has just opened up the classroom. Now we've got our disco ball and we've got all of our party lights. And so it, it looks almost like a dance party, a dance club in our classroom. And I, part of that is because we have space and we're more open. And and so it, it's, it's forced, it's changed. It's helped me to adapt the environment and make the environment more fun and welcoming. Okay. Do you notice a, a change in your classroom, the kids' interactions with each other? Is it sort oh, of the same? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my kids, we they talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, they know if I'm talking or reading or if an adult is talking, they can't talk. But they know that any other time, they can talk. Mm-hmm. And so what, um, you know, I got one of the best compliments this this year from a teacher at my school, and um, my kids were going somewhere, and they, you know, they are very they they talk all the time, and so they're used to people being in our classroom, and you know, they're all like, "Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you?" And 
the teacher said, you know, she said, your kids are the best conversationalists I've ever seen in kindergarten. And to me, that's powerful. Yeah. And that's more important than the numbers and the data. And the fact that my kids can carry on conversations with adults and that adults recognize that, a lot of that comes from the fact that, that they're sitting around in our classroom, they're comfortable, and they're free to talk and have conversations with each other. Are they always talking about what they're working on? No, they're five. <laughs> they're probably talking about Legos and Superman. And that's totally <laughs> fine because they're still getting their work done, but they're learning those conversation skills and they're, they're talking and sharing and bonding and building that sense of community. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you know, it's so, the more I learn about kindergarten, the more I realize how important that, that uh, communication is for them. It's, and for me this year, this is my first year teaching um, in a school with EL students. Mm -hmm. And so 15 of my 18 kids were English language learners this year. And so I, uh, they, they've come so far in, in their language skills. And I think it's because they sit around and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's been funny to hear them, um, to, to really see that, that growth from, especially the kids who came in with very little to no English. And now they're they're just they're talking all the time in English and they're very fluent and it's funny to listen to them go back and forth. Mm -hmm. So they'll be like, I, and what I hear more than anything is when they're they're wanting their friends to look at something and they're like, mira, mira, mira. <laughs> and so I, it, it's that the language skills and just having them the more they talk, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're talking, it's so noisy. And I'm like, yeah, great. We should be, let's talk and let's make more noise. I'm all about being loud and, and having a good time and, and letting them be loud and talk and share and laugh. And, and enjoy themselves. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. It's supposed to be a fun experience for them. We're supposed to be in there having fun and enjoying ourselves and, and making memories. And you can do all of that and still cover every standard, every skill, and get ready for whatever test, but you can do it while you're having a blast. And that's our job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Do you have any advice for anybody who's thinking about trying it, and but they're not quite sure how to get started, or they've tried it and they're having some bumps? Any tips for anybody? Um, I think my, my first piece of advice for anybody who's considering flexible seating is go for it. Mm -hmm. I think you just have to dive in, and you just have to step off the ledge. Because we, we as teachers, sometimes I think we get ourselves into this box and it's, it can be scary to get out of the box. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to jump out of the box if you're going to do it. Um, as far as um, if, it's, if you're having issues or if it's bumpy, I think it's just like anything else that we, we want our kids to do is it's all about the expectations, the modeling, and the procedures. You have to set expectations. You have to model exactly what you want them to do. And there have to be procedures for getting supplies, for coming to whole group, for cleaning up your area, for keeping your stuff in your area, for, you know, not, you know, I had a little girl this year, another issue that we ran into, she would spread her stuff out all over the place. And so she couldn't get anything done because she was constantly like spinning in circles trying to find stuff. And so I have to work, I had to work with her and, you know, get her to confine her stuff to her, her, her rug mm -hmm. in that space. So it's, it's, it really is like everything else. It's expectations, procedures, um, modeling, training them to do it how you want them to do it. Okay. And if, if something's not working, you have to stop, retrain, remodel, practice, and, and keep going. Just step back and yep. start Just over. Step back <laughs> and, and fix it. Okay. 
I, I think this will really be helpful to people because I think there's a lot of people who want to try and it's nice to hear from somebody who's been there. It, it, like I said, it's been a game changer and it's something that I, I think every classroom should be doing to some degree, whatever is you're comfortable with. Um, and just in case, I know a lot of people are like, oh, how do I go to my administrator about this? Or I don't know. There's a lot of research that supports flexible seating, no tables, no desks. Mm -hmm. And so I have um, a blog post that has all the links to the research that I use to support no tables, no desks, so people can find all of that. Because okay. I know we all need research to back up what we're doing. Everything has to be research-based. <laughs> and so I, there is research out there to support flexible seating. Okay, great. So if they go to kindergarten smorgasbord, yeah, the kindergartensmorgasbord.com, and if the in the little search bar they can type in no tables, no desks, and all of my posts about how I've done it, how it's worked, videos, the research, everything will be there. Okay, I think that'll be really helpful. Do you want to talk about your happy classrooms hashtag too? Because that sounds absolutely. Fun. Yeah, so um, happy classrooms came about. My friend Kayla at Top Dog Teaching and I were talking and. We were frustrated with the negativity that surrounds teaching, mm. and it's not the negativity that comes from from the classroom. It's the negativity in in social media, in the media, because people don't really know what's truly happening in our classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to to change that conversation. And so we figured everybody's on social media. We're all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and now Periscope and Facebook Live. And so why not leverage that? to try to change the conversation. And so we came up with hashtag happy classrooms. And so we encourage people to post something happy or positive from their classroom every day, whether that's a picture or a story or a milestone, whether it's big or little, just something positive from the classroom, use the hashtag happy classrooms. And so we've started changing the conversation. So no longer are, is it just, oh, teachers are bad, our schools are failing, education is, is failing our kids. But now people are really starting to see what truly goes on inside of our classrooms. And we know that every day amazing things happen in our classrooms, all day, every day. Just nobody gets to see that because we don't have a marketing department. We don't have public relations people for our We are the public relations for teaching and for our classrooms. And so it's time that we take over the conversation and it's time that we start letting the world know what really is happening in our classrooms and what really is going on with your kids is truly amazing and inspiring. And so if every teacher would post one positive thing every day using hashtag happy classrooms, we could totally change the conversation and take control of the message of teaching. And people would truly see what, what goes on and how awesome teachers are. That's really powerful. And you're right that the negative stuff comes from outside and always, yeah. always. And, and, you know, the media is so, they, they want to jump on it. As mm -hmm. soon as something bad happens, they want to jump on it. And so we have to be, be very vigilant in countering that negativity. And we have to let people know our, that our kids are amazing and they're doing incredible things. They overcome ridiculous obstacles and ridiculous obstacles put in place by politicians and central offices and school boards. But yet the kids show up every day. They come to school excited and eager. They they meet the challenges, they rise above, and we have to let the world know that that's what's really happening in our classrooms, not what you really see in the news. That's not what really happens. That's awesome, that's powerful. Thank you. I, I'm glad we can get the word out for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> do, you do you have any other things you wanna share? 
Um, just that, um, you know, as teachers, I think we sometimes forget that we're all in this together mm. and that it's not a competition and it's not, we're not out, we shouldn't be out to try to outdo each other. Teaching is hard. Teaching is the hardest job in the world. And we need to make sure that we're taking care of each other and that we're loving each other and supporting each other and encouraging each other um, because there's so much, and I always say stuff that goes on around teaching that, that we have to take care of each other. And at the end of the day, it's not about anything. It's not about the paperwork. It's not about the crap. It's not about the politics. At the end of the day, it's all about our kids. Mm -hmm. And that's where our focus has to be every day. It's not about me. It's not about, do I have tables? You know, is the copier broken? It's all about the kids. And we have to keep our focus on the kids. And everything we do has to be centered on our kids. I love that. And I feel like you really, on your website, you're really supportive in that way of other teachers. And you say things like, you're the CEO of your own classroom. And Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's not about the stuff that we have. It's not about the technology that we have. It's not about ac the access that I have to this or to that or what you have access to. But it's what we do with the stuff that we have. And so teachers, we can do amazing things. I mean, think about it. Toilet paper rolls. We can do the most incredible things with the toilet paper roll. And so, you know, you have, you have to do what's best for your kids at that time in your classroom. And you have, that's where your focus needs to be. It's not about who, what they're doing next door or what somebody else is doing somewhere. It's about what your kids need and what you're giving them at that moment. Um, you know, something else that, that I think we, we need to start, maybe it's a mind shift for teachers. And, you know, I hear and I, you hear a lot of how developmentally appropriate or not developmentally appropriate things are, especially in the younger grades. And while I agree with that, you know, I understand that, that we're pushing our, our kids, especially kindergartners, um, a lot harder than we than we probably should be. But at the end of the day, I can't change that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not you know, I'm not in charge. I can't fix that and I can't fix what the expectations are for my kids in kindergarten and but what I can do is that I can work as a teacher as a professional I can work and come up with ways to make to make learning those skills and those standards and meeting those expectations whether I agree with them or not whether I think they're appropriate or not it's my job to teach that and it's my job to help my kids meet those expectations and so I have to, to continuously come up with ways to make it fun, to make it engaging, and to make sure that my kids have everything that they, they need to be successful and to meet those expectations. I mean, I like them. I don't have to like them. I don't have to agree with them. But my job is to make sure that my kids meet those expectations. And like I said earlier, you can meet every standard, every skill, every expectation, and prepare for every test while having a blast. And I think my kids, you know, we, we today was our last day and so a lot of my kids we've been talking and you know they said we've had so much fun and the parents have told me they come home every day talking about how fun it is but guess what my kids mastered every standard we met benchmarks on every every test we're reading we're all reading at grade level and we did it so we met the expectations but we did it while having a blast you have to make it fun and you have to make it something that your kids want to do and you have to make it so that it, they can be successful doing it Unfortunately, we can't change the system. We can push for changes, but we have to work in the system and we, we can do it. It's our job to help our kids do it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. We just have to make it make it fun. It's a big party all day long. Yeah. With lots of glitter? The more glitter, the better. <laughs> the more glitter, the better. <laughs> That's awesome. And, yeah, you're right. I, I think good teaching is good teaching is good teaching. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, it, and, you know, that looks, and I think that's going to look different for every classroom and every teacher. And my classroom and my kids next year won't look like this year. But I'm still going to be a good teacher. And that, that's the same for everybody. It's, it's just good teaching, period. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks so much, Greg. I think this is going to be awesome. And I think people are really going to love hearing everything you've said. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on. We'd like to thank Greg again for doing this interview with us, and we hope you all connect with him at his website, Kindergarten Smorgasbord, and Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you can find him, because he's got some great ideas for you. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com, and you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. If you're enjoying these podcasts and you have a minute to go to iTunes and find us and leave a review, that really helps us find new listeners. And we'd like to thank bensound.com for our music. We'll see you next week. Bye, Mom. Goodbye, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators. By educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?